0: rob as well for uh, uh, the work that he does on on uh, uh, uh on zoom and various other things um i'm afraid i'm not exactly it savvy so i need the skills of people like uh, like rob to uh, to help and i should be uh, using his skills over the next uh, um uh, 20 minutes or so finding forgiveness finding forgiveness the topic the subject uh, of this morning's talk Uh, the fourth fourth Sunday in Lent as we approach Easter. You know, when you start to explore the subject of of forgiveness, or to be more precise, God's forgiveness as it's set out in his word in the Bible, you begin to realise how deep, how how profound, in fact how boundless it is. It seems to me as I've been looking into it, studying it for, for today, we'll never fathom completely. Uh, the wonder of it but you know having said that as we come to our lord as we gaze in our mind's eye uh, at our saviour our crucified saviour beginning beginning bringing forgiveness uh, what he achieved at calvary undeserving undeserving as we are here is grace abounding to use the words of uh, john bunyan in fact the the words of his uh, pilgrim's progress the whole phrase Grace abounding to the chief of sinners. And uh, if you're like me, uh, I I can use that phrase uh, for myself. Now, because like Bunyan, as Paul says in in Romans chapter three, all have sinned, all have sinned and fallen short uh, of God's glory. I'm sure it comes as no surprise that uh, in God's word, in the Bible, it talks a lot about forgiveness uh, the concept appears frequently in the New Testament, but it also appears in the, in the Old Testament as well. There's a wonderful verse about this in the book of Nehemiah. The Jews have been uh, uh, a pretty disloyal and, and unfaithful people, forgetting all that God had done for them down the ages. Jerusalem uh, was in a mess. Its walls were, were uh, in ruins. The word of God itself, the Torah, was was lost and it was left to Nehemiah uh, and the priest Ezra uh, to restore the people's relationship to God. And in response to Nehemiah and and Ezra's challenge, we read in Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 17 uh, that that, that, the people refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles that God had performed among them. And then they said, and you can see it on the screen, that you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. You are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger. Notice those two qualities there, forgiveness and love. Two concepts uh, that appear regularly uh, together in the Bible. Uh, two concepts that seem to me to encapsulate the character of our Lord. You know, how our Heavenly Father is such a loving and forgiving God, far more uh, than we can ever know uh, or imagine. Perhaps one of the most profound examples of forgiveness in the Bible is that cry of Jesus from the cross as he hung there in excruciating agony, agony of body, agony of mind, agony uh, of spirit. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then he says, Father, forgive them. Father, Forgive them but they don't know what they're doing. Forgive those who in, in, conspired in his arrest, in his mock trial, and then in his execution. Forgive those whose sinful life needs the, uh, the sacrifice of, 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 of our Lord so necessary. And, you know, don't let us hide behind our own respectability. Forgive you and me for our own sinfulness, our own unfaithfulness. Our own rebellion. You know, we need to acknowledge the sinfulness of sin and that it's endemic in our lives. As 21st century people, we're experts at disguising it, aren't we? Scripture, Scripture, God's word, shines a, a searchlight on our lives. To quote that comment of Paul again, for all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. The prophet Isaiah was really quite blunt, wasn't he? Quite forthright when he said, uh, quoting from Isaiah 64, we have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. All our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. There are two historic paintings uh, that I find uh, moving and, and very evocative. One by Rembrandt and the other by Rubens, if you can show it to uh, Rob. The one by Rubens shows the, the horror, the horror of the baying mob as they're lifting Jesus up onto the cross. The Rembrandt picture also shows Jesus being taken up and nailed to the cross. But it has Rembrandt himself, unmistakable in his uh, artist clothes and bonnet, helping to lift Jesus. And by inference, we had uh, find that we're there. We're there in the imagery of Rembrandt helping to nail uh, Jesus to the cross in our deep, uh, sin-polluted lives, to use Isaiah's phrase again. But the wonder of it, the wonder of it is that our Lord's forgiveness uh, that continued and continues right through to today, a forgiveness that applies to you and me, as I've already said, it was you and me that contributed to Jesus's execution, to his crucifixion, crucifixion. As Paul put it in that wonderful chapter 5 of the book of Romans, God demonstrates his love to us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, we're we'll never to be able to fully comprehend the amazing love and compassion. Of our Lord, but it's as we come uh, to that uh, place at the foot of the cross. To use the words uh, of uh, John Bunyan in his Pilgrim's Progress, as we stand there and find forgiveness, we we hear John the Christian uh, saying this in Pilgrim's Progress: "Thus far did I come, laden with my sin, nor could all ease the grief that I was in." Till I came hither, what a place is this? Must here be the beginning of my bliss? Must hear the burden fall from off my back? Must, must hear the strings that bound it to me crack? Blessed cross, blessed sepulchre. Blessed rather be the man that there was put to shame for me. Blessed cross, blessed sepulchre. Blessed rather be the man that there was put to shame for me. There are two... Uh, particular parables of Jesus that focus on forgiveness you know the ramifications of forgiveness are colossal they're immense our forgiveness uh, issues in our justification just as if I've never sinned our justification issues in us being declared righteous before God how staggering How, how breathtaking is that surely too wonderful to fully comprehend and in reality It was validated, guaranteed, consummated in our Lord's glorious resurrection. Those two uh, parables that uh, I mentioned a a moment ago that focus on forgiveness, the parable of the prodigal son, or perhaps more appropriately, the parable of the forgiving father, and the parable of the unmerciful servant that we read a moment ago. In that parable that Jesus taught, it has two main messages. The forgiveness of the master uh, to that first servant and the lack of forgiveness, the lack of forgiveness of that first servant to a fellow servant. You know, the contrast is stark, isn't it? And in particular, when you compare the level of forgiveness in each case, in his usual contemporary and and racy style, Eugene Peterson, in his message paraphrase, sees the first person uh, owing a hundred thousand dollars equivalent to about £75,000 in in real money. Just uh, think of that. The second servant uh, owed just $10, about £7. The master's forgiveness, our Lord's forgiveness, is total. is total and immense. The first servant laid himself open to the mercy and compassion of his master. And he was uh, relieved. Relieved of the debt. But then to depart with an unforgiving spirit. You know that's shameful, isn't it? Absolutely shameful. How does our Lord's Prayer go? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. As we forgive those who sin against us. C.S. Lewis once said, and incidentally, if you haven't uh, heard uh, uh, Chris's uh, wonderful uh, talk about c s Lewis that he did last night um, look it up i 'm sure it'll end up on on YouTube or on our our website cs Lewis said this to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you you know as we bask in the forgiveness of our heavenly father through christ so it should rebound rebound in the forgiveness we display we display to others we all know how we fail our lord in so many ways don't we in thought uh, in word and and, and yes indeed but as the apostle uh, john put it the root, the route to finding our lord's forgiveness is to confess our sins before him 1 John 1 and verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us, cleanse us, wipe the slate clean from all unrighteousness. There's a chorus that I used to sing years ago. I used to sing it in Sunday school. The words are very, very simple, but the truths they express uh, are quite profound. There's a way back to God. From the dark paths of sin there's a door that is open and you may go in at calvary's cross is where you begin when you come as a sinner to jesus at calvary's cross is where you begin when you come as a sinner to jesus you know i'm sure that's a song uh, that john bunyan's christian would have been quite happy to sing you know whilst the uh, the Bible, Scripture, has numerous references uh, to forgiveness. Perhaps finding forgiveness can be more uncertain. Perhaps we might even find it out of our reach. Maybe we are troubled by residual guilt. Many will remember uh, Dermot MacDonald, Dr. H.D. MacDonald, as, uh, to use his formal title. He was vice-principal uh, of London Bible College. He was a very highly regarded evangelical theologian. He was a visiting professor of many evangelical colleges in uh, North America and Canada. He lived with his wife, Anne, in Newark, and he was a a member of Hayward Baptist Church. He was quite involved in the forming of the fellowship in the first place. In fact, he was our first moderator. He was a great wordsmith. And among the many books that he wrote was one entitled Forgiveness and Atonement. In fact, I, I read it as I was preparing uh, the talk for this morning and one notable comment that I remember him saying on the subject of residual guilt that uh, may be felt by a child of God felt by my me uh, and felt by you I'm sure as well he said this don't remain in the graveyard of forgiven sin it's in his book that phrase don't remain in the graveyard of forgiven sin you know following our confession of our sins before our Lord once forgiven my lord through the sacrifice of christ so we remain forgiven we remain forgiven isn't that wonderful you know we must never never forget that c.s lewis again he says something very similar to dermot when he said this if god forgives us we must forgive ourselves otherwise it's almost setting ourselves up uh, as a higher tribunal than him if god forgives us We must forgive ourselves. Otherwise, it is almost setting ourselves up as a higher tribune than him. You know, we find forgiveness because our heavenly father is looking out for us. Like that parable of the prodigal son. While the returning son was a long way off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion uh, for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. You know the son had sunk to the lowest of the low, hadn't he? he degraded himself by his dreadful behaviour, and yet the father yearned for his return. He yearned for his return. He never, never stopped loving him. That's the love. That's the love that heavenly father has for you, and he has for me. And you know, as we let that truth sink into our hearts, so it affects our own attitudes. Use that quote of Lewis again. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because he, God, has forgiven the inexcusable in you. There's a wonderful story uh, of a Dutch lady, Corrie Ten Boom. I'm sure many of you have have heard of her and perhaps read her books. During the Second World War, uh, she hid numerous Jews from the Nazis. And for her troubles, uh, together with her sister Betsy, she ended up in Ravensbrück, Women's concentration camp. Betsy sadly died there. Sometime after the war, uh, she was preaching at a church, and in the congregation was one of the the camp guards. Let me finish by reading what she says about that in in her autobiography. That's a picture of the two of them. Um, Corrie is the uh, front picture, and behind her is uh, is, uh, Betsy. She said this. It was at a church service in Munich that I saw him, the former SS man who had stood guard at the shower room door in the processing centre at Ravensbrück. He was the first of our actual jailers that I had seen since that time, and suddenly it was all there, the room full of mocking men, the heaps of clothing, Betsy's pain blanched face. He came up to me at the church as the church was empty, beaming and bowing. How grateful I am for your message, Fraulein, he said, to think, as you say, he has washed my sins away. His hand was thrust out to shake mine, and I, who had preached so often to the people in Blumenthal, the need to forgive, kept my hand at my side. Even as the angry, vengeful thoughts boiled through me, I saw the sin of them. Jesus Christ had died for this man. Was I going to ask for more? Lord Jesus, I prayed, forgive me and help me to forgive him. I tried to smile. I struggled to raise my hand. I could not. I felt nothing, not the slightest spark of warmth or charity. And so again, I breathed the silent prayer. Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. As I took his hand, the most incredible thing happened. From my shoulder, along my arm and through my hand, a current seemed to pass from me to him, while into my heart sprang a love for this stranger that almost overwhelmed me. And so I discovered that it is not on our forgiveness any more than on our goodness that the world's healing hinges, but on his. When he tells us to love our enemies, he gives, along with that command, the love itself. Corrie Ten Boom was uh, able to forgive because god through his spirit created that genuine sense that genuine act of forgiveness in her life and you know so it is with us uh, with our act with our sense of forgiveness it's because to use uh, c.s lewis's words again god has forgiven the inexcusable in you and in me forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your word. We thank you for that it teaches us so much. Lord, we forget, confess that so often we, we fail in, in, in forgiving, uh, in forgiving others. Uh, but dear Lord, you forgave us. Uh, you forgave us for uh, the inexcusable. For the sin that is in our own lives, the things that we do and that we we're, we're sorry for, and Lord, we thank you that as we come to you and confess before you, so you uh, forgive us completely, uh, and you do that because uh, your son died on the cross for us as he cried out, "Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing Lord we we thank you and praise you for that, and Lord, as we uh, go forward during this coming week, we ask that we may go forward with a forgiving spirit deep in our hearts we pray this prayer in and through our dear saviour the lord jesus christ our closing song is a